Hello and welcome to episode 82 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we are your source for weekly drunken Magic the Gathering Arena content. That's right, we're two regular dudes drinking some irregular beers and talking about MTG in particular, their online client, MTG Arena. And this week we have some new cards to talk about, Jeff. We got a new set coming out yeah. soon. Wow, feels... Uh, Feels like a lot. I actually, I feel like it's coming really fast. But uh, uh, I'm excited to be talking about some new stuff. So we'll, we will get into that shortly. But first, each week we usually bring in a beer. Uh, we drink Jeff's, then drink mine. Rate on a scale of Bronson Mythic and choose the best for last. Except for this week, Jeff, we have uh, we're doing something. We're doing something a little bit different. Do you want to do you want to explain what's on tap this week? Yes. Um, so I'd still say it's a beer. Okay. Uh, this is Partake Brewing. Yes. This is their pale. Partake is a craft brewery here in Toronto that specializes in non-alcoholic beer. Mm-hmm. So there's been a big push towards non-alcoholic beer in recent years, and this is like the natural evolution. It's like, can we make a non-alcoholic beer that does not suck? And so uh, we're going to see if they accomplish that today yes we are going to try and then over the next few weeks we'll be drinking some more non-alcoholic beers just to uh to see which one which is the best one out there because you know you don't we obviously we love drinking beer and we like beers that have (laughs) alcohol in them and we like alcohol but um we are just gonna see which one the best one is and uh yeah just take a sometimes you just need a little bit of a break you know so it's it's totally fine we do not uh kind of shit on non-alcoholic stuff so um it's good to you know sometimes mix it well, up let's let's wait till the end of the episode for that yeah to promise that we're not gonna <laughs> okay. shit on it that's true okay sorry i just meant in general i just like just the idea of non-alcoholic beers right is, is what we I don't meant. shit on the idea of it no so this could sometimes be, you just need to take a little break from the sauce yeah this could be absolute fucking garbage so let's find out um <laughs> yeah. sweet so jeff let's let's, let's crack I'm this excited. open yeah here we go okay Ooh. All right. I know I've definitely tried this before, but it's been a while. Um, yeah. So it looks like beer. It does look like beer. Okay. Partake. Is it? <coughs> All right. <coughs> Maybe. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, yeah, so I don't know if we mentioned it's 0.3% alcohol. So technically, right. if you drink enough... Maybe something will happen. I don't know. Right. It's not some of those, like, true zeros. But, yeah, I mean, (laughs) I don't think you can drink enough of this to get... (laughs) Probably not. But it is only 10 calories, so that is nice. Anyway, we have some magic news. Of course, this is just preview season for uh, Alchemy Horizons Baldur's Gate. Uh, So we're getting... 250 some new cards coming into alchemy and historic and there's going to be a whole draft format and a mastery pass if you weren't aware so we're going to talk about some of those cards today and that's what the whole episode's about exactly just a correction it's not 250 new cards it's one new card that has 250 sides (laughs) Um. (laughs) yes um so if you aren't familiar with what we're talking about today this is a product that's basically Commander Legends Baldur's Gate. Commander Legends 2 just came out. Just came out. Yes, but we have all this stuff going on. There's so many things happening. Um, but anyway, 
So it is some of those cards and then some of those cards that are reimagined and then completely changed or rebalanced. But we have, and then also some cards that are also already on Arena are in the set too for draft purposes. Um, And then some mechanics that are only digital only that have been replaced the multiplayer mechanics from Commander Legends. It's, It's a lot to unpack. But I guess in principle, too, like, uh, I mean, I don't know exactly Alchemy's schedule for what's, uh, if it's on the same schedule as Standard or whatnot, but, like, presumably Portable Hole would rotate out of Standard next year, but because of this set, that's still going to be in Alchemy? You know what I mean? Like, they reprinted cards yeah, I th- and so I, I wonder if those are still going to be alchemy legal when the original rotates out. Yeah, so I, I guess I think that portable hole will stay in alchemy for that whole thing, and then, um, I, yeah, the other ones just because that does seem strange. So you have to remember that it's in alchemy, but not in standard. You have to remember, uh, yeah. But I don't know. Maybe this will just rotate out at the same time as Forgotten Realms. Like I, I'm not sure what their plan is with that. Yeah, I'm not really sure either, um, but whatever. In any case, uh, Jeff, let's talk about some of the, wow, just like you just said, there, there's there's a big hot button topic, and I think we should just get it out of the way. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We have presumably six-sided cards now. Uh, Jeff, do you want to explain exactly what that means? <laughs> okay, so... It's a new mechanic that's called Specialize. Now, Specialized is an activated ability with a cost, so you pay the cost, and then inherent, let's say it's Specialized 2, you have to pay 2. And then inherent to the Specialized abilities, you have to discard a card, and that can be either a basic land or a uh, spell of a certain color. And you specialize in the color that you discard. So if you discard an island or you discard a blue card, you're doing like the blue specialization and so every all five colors have a different mode that you specialize to Um, and so that's why people say six-sided cards because there's the front side of the creature and then five different modes that you can choose to activate later now once you specialize into a color that's it you can't like you can't like go down the thing and specialize the same card five times and be like transforming it around right Mm -hmm. you have to make the first choice um so it's not exactly six-sided card but uh it's sort of like one-sided card that flips into five different transforms into five different cards but uh, yeah i'm yes that that's basically what it is and um i i i did want to stop you like is it do you have to discard a basic land because it says a land with a land type so, you can discard triumphs to this, right? Like, yes. Sorry, yeah, I meant land type. Okay, you're, okay. I'm just right. making I sure. Could discard a triumph, and I could choose. I think you get to choose. Yeah, which um, which one of the land types? Okay, I just want to. I just want to clear that up because I wanted to make sure that I that I was remembering it correctly. But uh, yeah, so it's it's yeah. But I was thinking like you can't discard a pathway. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you can't discard a pathway, but in historic you can discard shocks. We have triumphs you can discard, which are going to be really confusing because then you can run off-color triumphs in your deck and discard that so then your creature will specialize into a color that maybe you weren't 
uh, your opponent wasn't expecting or you weren't expecting. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Also, the art doesn't change all of the time. So the card <laughs> on the front is one art, but then when you flip it, it is the same art, but with a different color treatment to make it look more of the other colors. So maybe you have a white card. It flips up into this double white card, which still looks the same. And then it also may be white with a little bit of blue or white with a little bit of black. Um, so that's a little confusing. And then on top of that, they don't all work that way. Some of them do have alternate arts for some of their modes. So <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, it's uh it's going to take some getting used to for me. I think that's, that's something that's throwing me off quite a bit uh, right here at the start. Um, yeah. The, you know, the other thing, let's just call out all of the weird things with this. Okay. There's a few. Of them. Yeah. Um, they don't always have the same power and toughness on the flipped side. Yes. So sometimes specializing into different colors gets you different stats. I mean, that kind of makes sense. Like green creatures are naturally tougher, but it's still like, now I have to remember the stat instead of there's just it's always a two three into a four five or whatever it's like sometimes it's a four five on the other side sometimes it's something else and um, yeah there's that just a little extra nugget of the memory game going on here. yeah and some of this because you can specialize the instant speed is that correct or is it only sorcery speed i didn't i'm not seeing anything that causes like it doesn't say anywhere that it has to be sorcery. that's what i thought I'm right saying. um so until I'm told otherwise, I, I don't haven't seen anything that's spec, like specified whether uh, it's source or instant. Mm-hmm. But um, excuse me, uh, the main thing I'm thinking is like so. There's this white card, Clement, voice. Uh, no, sorry, Clement, novice acolyte, and it's uh, one in white for a two-two. Uh, and when it enters the battlefield, uh, creature cards in your hand perpetually get plus one plus one. But you can specialize it into a bunch of different things. But the main thing I can see happening is that if you specialize into the green version, it goes from a 2-2 at instant speed to a 4-4. And also, when it <laughs> when it flips, you get a 4-4 token. So imagine what a blowout is going to be in <laughs> playing against this card that has so many things you can't remember, and then they specialize into two creatures that block your stuff and just completely blow you out all of a sudden it uh yeah it seems a little rough possibly but <laughs> so okay so the green one is when it dies right it doesn't say when it dies, when it dies Sorry. you create a four four. Oh, when it, when leaves, it leaves the battlefield. The battlefield. Okay. All right. But the black one makes two two twos when it specializes. That is the one I was thinking of so. that I just thought the, the green one did the same. But yes, the black one Yeah, you no <laughs> That's so, the other thing. The templates are always like sharing some sort of theme, but you can't shortcut it because they don't all work the same way. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, and it's that's interesting because that the the green one works on leaves the battlefield, but the black one doesn't because normally it would be that would be yep. the case, and so that's why you'd shortcut that anyway. Uh, it's uh, and all of the other ones are like triggers when it specializes oh except the red one is also different never mind the red one is different too but yeah but it gets double strike anyway look at look at these cards it's a little hard to talk specifically about them but um just because they all change yeah so much can't read them all 
Yeah. <laughs> this is a great example because the stat line is different on all of them. The white and the black one are the same, I guess. They're both 3-3s. Three the mm-hmm. blue's a 3-4, the red's a 2-3 double striker, and the green one's a 4-4. Four, four, so. um, it's just like, just figure it out, I guess. That's what's hard. It's just, yeah, yeah I, I'm, uh, I'm going to have some pain with this, I think. Um, <laughs> now, I, I think it's a really cool idea, honestly. Like, it does seem sweet, like, mm-hmm. hey... Uh, I, you know, J- Jeff, you and I have both said that we like colors matter things, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yep. cards that cared about colors or, um, you know, certain spells, if they're a certain color, they do different things. It always seems like an interesting space to me. Uh, so this is a new way of doing that and of having five color cards in your deck help you do whatever. Maybe we'll see a weird resurgence of some of these cards with, I don't know, uh, the Kami War or something. Um, yeah. But, like, <laughs> it's just, it'll be interesting to see what happens. It seems, again, like I said with the spell books when we first got Alchemy, it seems like a fun thing to do. I just, I'm not going to know all the lines, and I'm not going to learn all the cards. It's going to be so hard. So And it's so difficult to parse when you're reading through like this, right? Yeah. Um, but like you said, it's cool. And one thing I want to touch on is like, I'm going to embarrass myself here because I've never actually played D&D. But from what I understand, you know, like I've played some of the computer games, I guess. Mm-hmm. And part of the fun is like you take your character and you can take them in any direction you want. So mm-hmm. if they start out, oh, you're a rogue or whatever, then I can level them up in my own way that I choose and like make, customize them myself and so i really like that this is capturing that flavor um where it's like hey you you level this up essentially but you can level it up in like one of five different ways that you get to choose so i think it does a pretty good job of trying to capture that essence of you have this character that you get to uh like tell their story a little bit without going all the way down the rabbit hole and doing some crazy like level up mechanic that you know just always, doesn't really always sucks. work as well. And yeah. Like, yeah, this is just like a lot more. You do this one thing and they conveyed the message through that, that one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of it feeling like building blocks and like, you know, like we were talking uh, last week about spectral adversary, not adversary. Uh, mm-hmm. No, no, but whatever the ascendant spirit, that's what I call that. That's the card. Ascendant spirit. Yeah. yeah. Um, how it like, you know, levels up and how we just, it's just you spend so much mana on something that you just don't really love. This is a lot more interesting, and you would be feeling okay because most of the time it just does the thing once, and then and then you feel good. Um, of these six-sided cards, Jeff, are there a couple that you wanted to highlight? Have you been able to parse through them? Because if it, uh, if you're listening and if you haven't looked at these cards, it does get confusing when they're all right next to each other because it's just like it's it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of words, right? Um, some of the ones that immediately just jumped out to me is like, I should read this further because it's, uh, intriguing are like some of the two drops. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just sort of easiest to understand why a two drop like with specialize is going to be good because it's a two drop early. And then in the late game, it becomes less irrelevant, whereas two drops tend to be irrelevant in the late game. So I had to, I had to check out Wilson here. (laughs) <laughs> which is uh, Wilson Bear Comrade. It's uh, a 2-2 two, two Reach Trample Ward 2 for 2, which is already like, all right. All right. Like, yeah. 
This is annoying for control decks because uh, of that ward, too. Um, and then it seems like it, it just adds a lot when it specializes, you know? Like, the black one becomes a 4-4 four, four with Menace. Um, yeah. And an extra ability. Like, just an extra little bonus after it dies. Um, so I could see this card being, you know, like, these types of green aggro decks have a lot of high-quality cards in them already, especially in the two-drop slot. Like, it's competing with the werewolf that draws you cards. It's even competing with, like, Ranger's Class and, and stuff like that. Um, but if you're a two-color aggro deck and one of those colors is green, um, I could definitely see this card being in consideration, especially because you get to, like, discard a, a land later in the game to do it. Yeah. Um, which normally, like, you can't... These decks have a hard time making use of extra lands that they draw. They're really just at the at the whim of their deck. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see this being like an annoying thing. Man, a four four menace reach trample ward two is uh, is no joke for something that came down on turn two. That's yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, I'm very happy that you you brought up Wilson uh, because there has <laughs> been a lot of people on Twitter talking about the blue version with uh, Wilson Subtle Bear who's uh, Reach Trample Ward 2 and also says, Wilson Subtle Bear can't be blocked. So it is the fantastic <laughs> can't be blocked but has trample. So just in case somehow they Classic. figure out how to block, uh, you can trample over them. Uh, so that that's been, <laughs> you know, <laughs> running I mean, Reach and trample is already like a funny combo, right? So yeah. It reminds me of when they put Reach on... Uh, <laughs> robber of the rich everyone's like what the hell like what is we're blocking with this yeah <laughs> haste and reach is a weird combo yeah it's or it's just like so annoying because you're always gonna forget like you're also why would wilson be able to have reach how big is he or is it because he <laughs> is this just yeah. like the potions he's drinking he throws them i don't know um it seems uh it seems <laughs> why do you have reach i don't know um See, the potions are what's giving him ward, and then his special abilities, right? Yeah. That, that <laughs> I think makes he sense. has reach just because he can climb trees or something. I don't know. I guess that's true. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Wilson seems pretty sweet. I do agree with you that the two drops seem to be the most interesting to me. Um, and one that I thought that you'd have more of your, your eye on, but I think I, I was quickly like, oh, this seems... This seems like something I, I'm interested in is uh, the black one. So it's a Shadow Heart uh, Sharon Cleric. So it's one in black for a 2-2 with Death Touch. It's a human elf cleric legendary creature. And it has specialized two, but you can only activate it if a player has 13 or less life. And then at the beginning of each of your end steps, it deals one damage to each player. And then luckily for this one, all the different iterations continue that uh, at the beginning of your end step, it deals one damage to each player thing. Um, and they all seem, you know, kind of cool. There's different things like every time you lose life on your turn, the white one makes like a 2-2, two, two, or the blue one lets you draw a card when you lose life on your turn. Um, but the one that, that seems most interesting, and I think you would have fun with probably, is the red-black one, because it, it has Death Touch. It's a 4-4. Four, four. Um, it does the d- damage at the end of your turn all that stuff. But it says whenever you lose life during your turn, it deals that much damage to each opponent. And so it just, there's got to be something fun, you know? You, there's got to be something you can do where you're, you're having any effect that lets you pay life and you can just, pay, you, they lose that much life. So you're always going to deal an extra damage right. to them on your turn. But then if you can pay life to draw cards or pay life 
to activate your creatures or something, there's got to be a deck there. You know, it just, it just seems like that sounds like a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, this one absolutely did catch my eye. It was, you know, when I said two drops, this Mm -hmm. was the main other one I was thinking of. It just seems nuts to me because I keep expecting it to say this ability only triggers once each turn. It doesn't say that. So if you have, like you're saying, any ways to like consistently lose life, the blue one is drawing you several cards where the red one is like pummeling them. Right. So it's like, I keep thinking this should only trigger the first time it happens because that's how they design magic cards these days. Um, and it, it just none of them say that. <laughs> you know what? They're going to just do it this way because Arena can remember those things, and it also is more fun. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, "Hey, <laughs> if you want to play the busted card, you got to play Alchemy." <laughs> so um, I'm thinking, what? Yeah, this card seems really sweet to me, and like a few of the different options actually seem playable. So it's like some of them you look and you're like, all right, one of them is clearly better than the others. And it's just, it's only going to go in that deck of those two colors. Um, but this one's like, I don't know. These all seem pretty good. Like creating a bunch of two twos, drawing yeah. a bunch of cards, uh, like draining your opponent out. The black one seems the worst. The like double, uh, yeah. just like committing to black because you, you don't take advantage of the ability. You just get stats and lifelink. Uh, but it, counteracts the life loss but it seems good right though like i'm i'm kind of happy that the the color whatever the color of the card is the same colored version isn't as cool or good as the other ones right it it wants you to make sure that you're 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 having multiple colors in your deck so i do like that um quite a bit Right, otherwise it just goes in monocolored decks i guess exactly which is just kind of like that's no fun like okay cool you did that i guess um, I'm trying to find a card that makes you lose life on your turn. Okay, so so uh, you can play Feed the Swarm. Is Oh, and then Infernal Grasp, of course. So you can destroy creatures on your turn instead of theirs. What is... I'm just thinking of that... Um, oh, that yeah. Freaking, uh, what was that card from Ravnica where you pay two life and you draw... It was like a demon. Didn't you like surveil or something? That's what it was. You surveilled. Yes, 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 yes. So yeah. you, you, I think you pay two life and then you surveil one or something. Um, I mean, any of the cards that say, hey, you lose life, you draw cards? Seems seems pretty decent. Is, isn't there like a, a pseudo death shadow kind of card still in standard? It's like the... Yeah. Um, the Scourge of the Skyclaves that looks like it should have flying, but it doesn't. And yeah, I always well, think it has flying. Because we have that one, and don't we have the new one from New Capena that, uh, that's the same thing? Right. So, just about... Hmm, that sounds, that sounds like a deck that I'd be interested in playing. Yeah. Ooh. Upcoming alchemy deck here. Red-black with Shadowheart and <laughs> yeah. uh, Scourge of the Skyclaves. <laughs> yes. Uh, that seems sweet. So... Um, even though I've been complaining a bit about these cards, they still get me excited. You know, if, if you find one that's really cool, uh, I think that's what the main part point of it is too. Like, you're not supposed to. I, I think they may have made too many in, for my taste. There's, I thought like, oh, there's only one of each color. That sounds fun, but there's like four mm-hmm. or five of each color, which is like, geez. Um, 
That's what I was going to say, too. I was kind of thinking when the spoilers started rolling out and people started complaining exactly what you said, that there's, like, one mythic in mm-hmm. each color. And it's like, oh, who cares? Like, it's one mythic per color. Um, or maybe there's one rare, whatever, per color and a few mythics just scattered. Yeah. But the fact that there's a whole bunch of them and a lot of them show up at Uncommon, it's like this actually is going to affect the draft format now where it's like, I'm going to have to, like, Tab, alt tab and look up what what the other side of their card does in their colors because I'm not going to remember it. Yeah. But in terms of like constructed play, only a few of these will be viable and probably only like a few of those color combos will end up actually getting played. So it's that problem isn't as big an issue as it sounds where it's like, oh, if people are playing Gale, it's almost always going to be in the blue-red deck because he's like a spells matters kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Or whatever the deck is, maybe it's some blue-black control, but it's like one of those is really going to actually see play, mm-hmm. and you mostly just have to remember what the blue one does and what the red one does or whatever. Exactly. And you know, maybe they'll have a Grixis land in there in case they ever need to specialize to black, but it'll be one of those things that deck builders love to like build into their deck and then nobody ever uses it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, so yeah. Anyway, um, I don't know how much more I want to talk about these <laughs> these excited cards, but um, but yeah, like I am going as always through previews. I go on like a roller coaster of emotions, and this one has definitely been throwing me for some loops. But even just having this conversation with you and just like talking about it, it makes me a little, more, a little bit more excited about how you could actually do it, um, though. Like you said, I think in draft it's going to be a little bit of a, a little bit scary. Some of these uncommon ones, you'll just—I think you'll just know them very well by the end. You will be right-clicking all of them to see all the different modes, um, and at least in draft, you won't have to deal with triomes transforming them. So that's good. Yeah, right. but it is hard to talk about these because you know they're six-sided cards. So just go and like look at them on the spoiler. I just want to call out the druid as being particularly cool. Um, yes. It's like a druid that transforms into an animal based on each specialization. And then when that animal dies, it comes back as the druid. So I guess that must be how D&D works. If you're like an animal and you lose all your hit points, you go back to being the druid. Um, if so, that this is really cool design. Yeah. Yeah. I um, I think that could also be it that like, just like you were saying, there's probably... Obviously, there's D&D things in here, and um, there's, like, one character we were talking before the show, but there's one character that uh, they each art is the same except for the blue version, where um, mm-hmm. Lazelle, and they're, like, a, they turn into, like, a, a weird horror ithalid thing, um, and so uh, we were just kind of speculating that it must be uh, what happens in the game. Uh, or in the story, the, yeah. this, this character. So, um, so that's cool. You know, if I knew a bit, little bit more about the story, maybe I would be able to grasp a little bit more of that stuff. So, hopefully, throughout this experience, I'll learn a lot more, and uh, you know, I'll learn a little bit more about D anD D or Baldur's Gate. They'll learn a little bit more about magic. Hey, coming together. You know, it's nice. I like it. Exactly. You love to see it. Love, love to see it. Um, Jeff, do you want to talk about one more card before or? Two more, one card for you, one card for me before we go to a beer break. Yeah, are you locked and loaded with your card? 
Um, I am locked and loaded with an idea of a card. I don't necessarily have the specific one. Actually, no. Fuck it. I know exactly which one I want to talk about. <laughs> All right. I, let's go for me, it. <laughs> I literally was talking about things that I liked about this set and how much it's great and blah, 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 whatever. I'm just going to go down a hole of the completely opposite direction um, where I'm like pissed about this and I really uh, don't think it's good. Um, so, hey, uh, yeah, but here we go. So it's, it's the Hourglass Coven. <laughs> Fuck this. Um, oh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so the Hourglass Coven is four black black for a 3-3 three, three legendary creature hag warlock at rare. It says whenever it enters the battlefield, draft a card from Hourglass Coven's spellbook twice, then put those cards onto the battlefield and other warlocks you control get plus one plus one. All right. None of this is the stuff that I'm really mad about. Sure, you get to draft from the, the book and you get two you get two drafts basically from the book. That sounds cool. And then all of everything in the spell book is like triggers on ETB essentially. Uh, and they're all a bunch of like hag warlocks that get bumped by the, the Lord thing. And they're all two twos. That's totally fine. The thing I hate about this is that every single card from the spell book is the exact same art with no difference. So when you get the card, you play it, and then you get two more cards on the battlefield that look just like it and just have different abilities and I, uh, it just feels, that's it. That's what I have to say about it. I'm mad about the art and it seems confusing. And this one seems like they don't even have a real excuse. Like how many cool different hag arts could you get? There's a bunch. It'd be sweet. Um, maybe they're all around a circle and each, if you lined them all together, it would make like a, a pot and, or like, you know, the first picture is us looking down at the cauldron and then all the other ones are them circling the cauldron. But anyway. If you could flicker it enough times, you could get all the pieces, but I don't know. It, yeah, I uh, thought maybe there would be, like, some sort of sigil in the in the cauldron or something. Like, some visual cue to distinguish between the different ones. But as far as I could tell, there's nothing. They're exactly the yeah. same. And yeah. that's just, like, you're not going to be able to shortcut choosing the best one when you have to draft these. Like, when three of them pop up and you have to choose which one you want. You actually have to read them. Mm-hmm. You can't just do the like, oh, I know this one's the best one because that's the art that's like, that's the one I want. You know, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, you know, it, it forces me to actually read the cards that I'm choosing. Uh, yeah. I just, I, well, number <laughs> I mean, one, I like, hate I'm not going to remember but... what Hag of Inner no. Weakness does versus it just... Hag of Noxious Nightmares. Like, I'm not going to remember the names. So Yeah, I, I think basically for me, it just means <clears> that I'm, just not going to play it. You know, it's just like, oh, no. And then if I play against it, I'm going to be pissed because I'm going to accidentally kill the wrong one or something or be, like, way too careful about it. I don't know. It just... Come on. Like, it just makes me sad because it seems like a really cool thing. Like, I actually do like the idea. It's just, like, looks really meh. I don't know. So, anyway, that's my bummer take for Yeah, it is also just a bit weird. It's just yeah. a bit weird that you're going to have three creatures with the same art that do vastly different things on the battlefield. Yeah. So, anyway, they didn't even... Like, the potions could be different colors, at least. I don't know. They they could do the same type of treatment they did with the other legendary cards, which, um, you know, I'm giving them a little bit more slack with that because, you know, how many times do you have to commission the same character, you know, for this? Um, especially because you're reusing a lot of the art from commander's uh, legends too anyway so i don't know but 
that's my big gripe. Like you could have, it, it was just a missed opportunity is what it is, is why it makes me sad. Cause it could have been like, just, just do any, it just don't make it confusing, make it more cool. I don't know. More art. Yay. That's always good. Anyway. Um, but anyway, that's my, <laughs> that's my downer. That's, that's what's bolting my bird right now. I just had to get it off my chest and now we can move on to other things that are <laughs> frustrating me. But, um, Jeff, what, what is something? Well, let's talk about that, something cool first. Okay. Let's um, do that. Yeah. I'm happy to see the return of adventure and yep. not always on creatures. I think that's kind of cool. There's like no explicit reason that it always had to be on a creature mechanically. It was just the idea was like, oh, this creature is going on an adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've opened that up, and now it's on, like, artifacts and other permanents. Um, so I'm going to talk about a card that uh, I'm pretty sure is awful, but um, it's going to, like, I'm going to try to play it. So it, mm-hmm. it's one of those cards that I read, and I'm like, I know this is bad, but I also know it's going to eat, like, a few of my wild cards because I'm going to try to play this. This is Altar of Ball. I knew so it. It's one of the black. <laughs> <laughs> The main artifact is one of the black. Okay, you tap two in a black, exile a creature you control. Are you are you interested yet? Um, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Activate only as a sorcery, uh, and then it has bone offering the sorcery adventure. Create a tapped four one black skeleton creature token with menace. So this is like a janky reanimator thing. All I love these cards that are like all in one packages like. Hey, we'll give you the creature you need to sack, and then also the thing that sacks it. A um, few things to note about this card that I think make it especially bad. Activate only as a sorcery, obviously, really like lowers the power level. The mm. fact that it exiles the creature is a real bummer, so it doesn't like it doesn't really work in like looping sack things together. Like it does, it's not really a sacrifice card because it doesn't sacrifice mm. anything. Um, if you could like sack your cat to this, then you know, we're, we're in a different conversation, but yeah, sack the cat to like bring back Corvold or a Mayhem Devil. You know, um, that's a different that's a different card. But overall, I think this is kind of cool. I like the design. Um, not convinced it's good, but uh, I like it. So I thought I'd talk about it. Yeah, um, I also think it seems uh, it seems cool. I, the one thing I did want to point out about this card is that the creature that it makes is actually decent. Like, it, it's still, like, a lot of times when uh, we've seen other cards that are, like, uh, I think there's a saga that made, like, zero one one clerics that you had to sacrifice to the demon that comes later, and you have to sacrifice a creature eats upkeep to, to keep the demon alive, which is cool uh, thematically, but this kind of sack recursion thing, you get a 4-1 menace skeleton, which, like, you can... You can still just play that in like a attack for a while. Like you don't, it doesn't even have to be like, oh, here's a one one to to sacrifice just to reanimate stuff. Um, so that's nice. It gives a little bit more utility. Um, but but yes, I. Um, it's kind of interesting because the the adventure wants you to be somewhat aggressive, so you can make use of the four one menace for three. Mm-hmm. Um, which, as you say, is like not that bad. It can hit kind of hard if you're so if you're dealing damage, it can do stuff. But then the other side really wants you to like invest into getting something huge in your graveyard and reanimating that. Like, that's yeah. what it's really encouraging you to do. So the two sides of the cards sort of feel like they want to be in different decks. 
Um, but maybe there's some some sort of mid rangey <laughs> something <laughs> like that it, you it can... can deal some damage, but it also has big creatures that it wants to bring back. You know, something yeah. like that. Yeah, I think it. Uh, I, I, I like it. You know, I, it's definitely think it's worth uh, worth trying out. So, you, how about you craft it and tell me if it's worth a slot, <laughs> uh, and I'll just wait. That sounds good to me. Oh, okay. I, I tell you now. You should probably shouldn't craft it. Um, All right. <laughs> I probably will craft it, and I could probably tell you that you shouldn't. So, perfect. Yeah. So, listeners out there. Do not craft Altar of Ball and uh, the freaking Hourglass Coven. Fuck. <laughs> Those are the cards we say. <laughs> don't craft because Zach doesn't doing. want to play against it, so don't, don't craft them. I don't, so don't craft them because I will not want to play against you. Um, I will spam and rope you the whole time. Just kidding. No, I don't do that. I'm a horrible person. Ugh. Anyway, uh, Jeff, let's go to a beer break uh, to... Um, to get re-upped on these, uh, these, these beers and then get into some more things. This beer break is brought to you by our patrons over on Patreon. That's right. You're already supporting the show just by listening, but if you want to support the show even more, Patreon is the best way to do that. And when you become a patron, you get an exclusive invite to our after party, which is a mini episode recorded immediately after this one where we, uh, well, we just we talk about some more stuff. Plus, you get to vote on your favorite co-host by clicking that Buy Jeff a Beer button. Or by buying me a beer, which is the Buy Zach a Beer button. Uh, so go to patreon.com slash arena regulars to vote on your favorite host. All right, Jeff. We have uh, more of the same beer. Oh, no. I just dropped it, so. <laughs> see if it <laughs> changed it anymore. Um, it's more of the, the partake. It was too slippery. Oh, because it's so ice cold, which is how you need That's right. These. You'd think this was Coors Light, how cold it is. Yeah, because it's blue, <laughs> because it turned blue. Um, but yeah, I think that's one other thing with, like, if you're drinking these types of beers, maybe cold, super, super cold would be good. All right. Nice. All right, let us see. Oh. Also, we're not sponsored by Partake. I know that we keep showing them, but um, that'd be uh, <laughs> that'd be pretty funny. <laughs> we get not a sponsor. Yet. We get a sponsor, and it's a non-alcoholic <laughs> beer. <laughs> anyway, um, great, Jeff. Oh, yeah, I should have a little bit more. Mm. So. Getting back into things. Cards we want to talk about. Um, there, I did want to talk a little bit about just some of the new words or mechanics that we have. I thought yes. maybe that would make sense. Um, and one of them uh, being double team. So uh-huh. uh, this mechanic is essentially replacing uh, Myriad. So in... Commander Myriad is an ability where you attack one player and it makes tokens for all the other players and then you attack everybody, basically. Um, so they have decided to change that and make it not as aggressive, where, I guess, not as aggressive. But anyway, if a creature has double team, when they attack, you conjure a copy of that creature into your hand and then they both lose double team, basically. So you just, you draw 
a copy of itself, essentially. Right, when it attacks. And so you'll yes. see, like, you know, ETBs on these and stuff, so that when you cast the second one, you get the, the ETB again. There's also, like, yeah, I, I think for the limited format, there, there's a lot of cards that say, like, if you have a creature that with the same name on the battlefield or in the graveyard, it gets bonuses. Uh, so there's a lot of, like, having the same named card out is good, which goes with double team in a way, because uh, obviously you're going to play multiples of the same card. So um, we'll see how that plays out. But uh, in general, Jeff, you know, how do you feel about this 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 mechanic? Uh, I'll have to play with it to be convinced. I mean, I think it's probably it's probably interesting enough in limited. I mean, it seems pretty good in limited, mm-hmm. right? Um, in constructed, you know, there's a bit of the the creature having to attack in order to get its value. Now, like I said, some of these have ETB effects already, mm-hmm. and so maybe you can convince yourself to play those. But in general, in constructed, your creature has to do something on the way in these days. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, they it, they tend to not be worth it because the removal is so good that you know you're usually just going to trade down on mana. So um, I I don't think I've seen anywhere. I'm really inspired to try to give them a shot in Constructed. Um, Maybe the, like, you know, Mythic Rare is good enough, but... uh, Yeah. Yeah, in general, I think this is mostly a limited mechanic, um, but a good one. Yeah, I I think I need to remind myself that if I see the word double, I always get very excited because it usually means strike. And uh, I love double strike. Um... (laughs) This is not double strike, and so um, just imagining how many combats you're going to get into thinking <laughs> that a, your creature has double strike. Oh, and then this has double strike, and I can I can pump it, and every other creature named it. Okay, that's good. And then I'm like, oh, oh, oh no, oh fuck, this is terrible. And it'll happen right as I attack. It. Once you attack and get that copy in your hands, yeah. Like, wait, why did that happen? What is this? Yeah, that's going to be me. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to try not to do that as much as possible. Um, but I, I think they did a pretty good, uh, job of like fixing, not fixing, but like changing Myriad in a way that like could probably work here. So we'll see if it, it works out, but, um, but yeah, definitely limited mechanic for yeah, sure. It, so. And a good one again, like drawing a creature in limited is strong and this That's draws- true. It's like, is a draw an extra card mechanic that guarantees that you're drawing a creature. And presumably one that you were willing to put in your deck, so... <laughs> That's true. Though... Decent creature. To be fair, I put a lot of creatures in my deck that are not worth putting in your deck, <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> Though, to be fair, I thought it had double strike when I put it in my deck. <laughs> so, that changes things quite a bit for me. Um... <laughs> We also uh, have the this other thing worth mentioning, though, is it's actually a creature that you can cast. So sometimes it's like because you've already cast it, so you're never going to draw gotcha. like an uncastable creature unless you ramped out with treasures or something. But generally, yeah. you're drawing something you can cast, which is really good for like the flow of a limited game. It'll lead to less games where you just didn't do anything. Yeah, or maybe you know you 
you have a small <laughs> creature that uh, can't get through, and then you get another small creature that also can't get through. So that'd be kind of annoying. But um, for the most part, uh, <laughs> it seems uh, like, <laughs> yeah, I guess you won't have that other creature anymore because you attacked and it won't get through and it'll die. So um, that'll just be sad, uh, sad for everyone. Um, though, <laughs> J- Jeff, we do have uh, new wording for a thing that has already been part of the alchemy. Um, or just, I guess, magic in, in general. But uh, Boon, we got a name for it. Mm-hmm. So you you get, sometimes a card will give you a boon, which is just, uh, Jeff, what, what is it? Tell me, tell me what's going on. Yeah, it's like a, a one-use, I guess they kind of described it as like a one-use emblem. Mm-hmm. So a boon will be like the next creature you play gets plus one plus oh, and that will just sit there sort of like an emblem in arena reminding you that it's active, but then the next creature you play sort of gets that boon, uses it up, and then that boon goes away. So it's an emblem tends to stay there and there's nothing anyone can do about it. It's going to be affecting the battlefield forever. A boon is, is like a trig, kind of a delayed trigger. It'll like mm-hmm. come down, you have your boon, and then the next time something happens, that triggers this boon and that creature or whatever whatever the thing triggering the boon does it activates the boon yeah um i just think it's nice to get a word for this we already have played with it before uh that little the wolf pup thing or whatever um the 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 one Mm -hmm. mana one that gives you a boon for your next creature um so this is just it's just nice to have a, a real word for it so you can clean up all those messy words on uh, <laughs> on your cards, I love when they do that. They're like, you know what? Too many words on this card. Let's make up a new word that means <clears throat> that. It's the best. So it also like online, you can do a little more with this, right? You could be like, when you cast your third spell that has two white pips and it's man, like you could get more complicated. That would just be rather unbearable to track in paper. They haven't really done mm-hmm. any of that here. Sort of what you're alluding to is all the boon cards are cards they could have made in paper that just require you to remember for your next creature, um, which we already had cards that did that. But they are sort of setting the stage here to allow themselves to do way more complicated stuff because the emblem mm-hmm. can, in theory, say whatever it wants. Yeah. And the condition to like satisfy it or trigger it could be more complicated than just the next creature that, that you play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which um, which we will get to, but I like, you know, they get to slowly build on it like Magic tends to do, get as much uh, use of the design space as they possibly can. So, um, yeah, nice, new words. And they've shown that's how they want to introduce, like, online-only, mm-hmm. digital-only mechanics. They've shown that they want to, like, start out pretty tame and, and then kind of push the envelope a bit. Yeah, so... Um, still waiting on the push the envelope, but I think, um, <laughs> but, uh, we'll see. I mean, there is one card that pushes the envelope in, in that, that I, I don't know if it's in design space as far as like, um, actually what the, the card does, but it definitely pushes the envelope in sense of like, uh, well, let me just talk about it. Um, <laughs> Jeff, have you looked at this card, uh, Callum? Jin Emperor? Yeah. I knew we were going to have to talk about this okay. guy. I mean, <laughs> this this is a, a must discuss. So, 
here, I'll, I'll read it, I guess. You, you, go, you go ahead, you go ahead. <laughs> I'll yeah. take on the monumental task of reading this card. Yeah. So it's three blue, blue, blue for a five, six flying ward two. But that's not all. It has an ability, Callum's Breath. One in a blue, discard it. Tap up to one target non-land permanent, draw a card. Then you may exile two other cards named Kelim Jin Emperor from your graveyard. When you do, return Kelim from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. When you discard Kelim, conjure a card named Kelim Jin Emperor into your library seventh from the top. Okay, so first of all, <laughs> isn't this card just insane? Yes. <laughs> like, am I missing something, or is this card outrageously good? <laughs> it's It seems very good, but the thing that is, of course, the thing I'm talking about is that that last line of text that you read isn't fully on the card. It, in the image, you need to scroll down to see the rest of the words. Yeah, you can see a, you can see a scroll bar on it. <laughs> so they've finally gotten to the point where, like, you know what? Cards don't need to the text doesn't need to fit in the box anymore you can just scroll we don't even have to use the back side of the card anymore you you could just scroll through it to see what's going on um using yeah, digital sorry. only to its fullest there exactly yeah um <laughs> because for whatever reason uh you couldn't put flying and ward two on the same line which would have given you enough space to not have the scroll bar but it's Anyway, that's my little gripe, but but let's talk about how how powerful a card is, though, because because it, it is quite good. Yeah. So first of all, ice. Okay, one and a blue, tap target permanent draw card. That gets played. I'm pretty sure in legacy, but certainly in modern. Now mm-hmm. it's attached to fire, and it also lets you tap lands, which is admittedly its main use. You tap a land on their upkeep. It's kind of a mm-hmm. douche move, but the card it that card is already like good enough to see play in formats that are much harder, like the bar is set much higher than yeah. Alchemy. I think legitimately one in a blue tap target non-land permanent draw card doesn't need much to get there. Like, I don't know if that card itself people would bother to play it. You would need some sort of extra synergy. But it's like close because it replaces itself and it just lets you interact early. The fact that this card also, like, simultaneously pushes you towards the win condition um, just seems crazy. And, like, it's putting this card not that far away that you know you'll be able to do this again really soon. Mm-hmm. And you got to remember that you're probably playing four Kaleens. So it's not like you have to do it the way the card is suggesting, where it's like, this one copy of Kaleem is, is actually getting you there. You just need a second copy somewhere, and it's like you're guaranteeing yourself that you'll get there by the by the one that goes in seventh from the top. And I guess it's actually sixth from the top. Oh no, because no, you put no. it seventh afterwards. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, after you after you resolve the first ability, yeah. Yeah. Um but also you can't counter that. So that's that's just right. another one of those. It's just a, a five six, mm-hmm. and it has ward. You know this card seems pretty fun slotting right into the uh, the Esper discard deck because you discard this card from your hand, and then you if you have the Diviner of Fates 
or whatever, you draw another card that could be another version of this oh card <laughs> to do it in yeah. the same turn. Um, exactly. Uh, that's not even to mention. Yeah, that that's like there are synergies beyond what the card just just what the card says on it. So yeah. this is gonna like tap stuff down, and eventually you're just gonna get like a free five six flying ward two that interacted with the board like it drew you more cards so it like cycled through your library fixed your hand a bit um yeah this just seems like an all-star and a control deck i don't know why you wouldn't play this yeah it seems uh seems pretty sweet uh i just just still love the scroll bar so much oh god (laughs) (laughs) oh anyway um, obviously we had to talk about this card, but Jeff, is there something else you want to you know, pivot to right now? Uh, that is the next card I was going to talk about. So when you started Perfect. bringing up, uh, you knew exactly what well, I knew, I, I knew where you were going. I do have something locked and loaded. I have a very small thing to talk about it. So it's not huge, but, um, uh, I'm going to talk about Liara of the Flaming Fist, which is red, white for a two, two legendary creature, human soldier. And just says at the beginning of each combat, each creature you control gets plus one plus one until on turn. If it has the same name as another creature you control or a creature card in your graveyard, kind of like that ability I was talking about earlier. And then it has an activated ability, one red white for uh, another target non-token creature you control gains first strike and double team until on turn. Activate only as a sorcery and only once. Um, mainly I want to talk about this because they are adding this new thing where it says activate only once so you were you were discussing about mm-hmm. um cards that activate once per turn this is just you can only do it once so do that now what i want to know is <clears throat> when it says activate this only once does it mean like forever can you flicker this card and activate it again because it's a new game object or does the game remember that you already did it that's a good question it's, it's unclear because they don't do this stuff in paper because it leads to too many like no i didn't activate this on turn three like yes you did you activated that on turn three mm-hmm. whereas generally they trust you to remember until the end of the turn so when they say activate once per turn they trust the players to not get into major disputes about that um i've still seen it happen <laughs> like yeah. i think we've all run into the did i did i play a land this turn i don't know mm. i play another land and um, you're like I, yeah so <laughs> uh so they wouldn't do this in paper and so this is like a digital thing and digital is the space where like unique cards are tracked <laughs> so like when you exile it, it comes back it's still the same card uh for some purposes so i don't know this one could go either way my inclination like my guess from being my bias from being a long-term magic player is that you could activate it again if you flickered it. Mm-hmm. But that's like taking intuition from playing the the game, and this is like a, a totally new thing. So I, I could I could easily see that not being true. <laughs> yeah, because I just don't... I don't know. It's it's like there, there are a couple cards that like it just seems like words are just missing. It reminds me of... Um, like this just makes it feel like once per turn, you know, obviously the per turn is missing. Um, there was a, a an uncard and unstable that was like a fight spell, and it said target creature gets plus three, plus three, then it fights something, but it didn't say until end of turn. So then all these people were like, wait, right. it just keeps plus three, plus three. 
And then it was a whole thing where everyone's like, no, it doesn't. No, it was supposed to say until I turned. They're like, no, it, it's not. They purposely did this. And they did. So just wait till we have combat tricks that, that really never leave, which we have a couple that we see here. But, um, but just <laughs> the text, target creature gets split super three. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, so I'm interested to see how this once, like, activate only once thing works. Uh, and if you can abuse it or if it really just is a hard just once. So the, the lands have the same thing, right? So all the, the gates have, like, it enters the battlefield tapped. It's like a forest gate. And you can seek a non-land card, activate only once. So I'm just, uh, I don't know. Um, uh, but we'll see. We will, we will see. But yeah, another one that caught my eye here is Tasha, Unholy Archmage. This is two blue black planeswalker. Plus ability is whenever a creature attacks, put a minus one minus one counter on it. Like a creature attacks you or her. Mm-hmm. Uh, minus two is target opponent puts a creature, so they reanimate one of their creatures for you, which I think is really cool. And that creature gains ward two. And target opponent, and the ultimate target opponent, reveals cards from the top of their library until they reveal three creatures. Put those onto the battlefield, and then that player puts the rest into the graveyard. Under your control, you don't give them the creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that this card doesn't do anything if your opponent's not a creature deck. Like, <laughs> it, all it, it, it wants to put counters on their attacking creatures. It wants to reanimate their creatures under your command. But it's like awful in a control mirror, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> or a control mirror where nobody's playing, nobody's playing creatures. If if it's mm-hmm. like a control mirror and it's like, well, you only have Holebreaker Horror in your graveyard. I use my minus two. You have to give me Holebreaker Horror. That's actually yeah. pretty good. But uh, <laughs> or maybe Holebreaker is not the best example because it it bounces. You can't bounce it back to your own hand. <laughs> you bounce it to your opponents. Yeah. Yeah, I think this one's really funny to me. Um, I saw a lot of outrage on Twitter because this card specifically got a complete facelift. It is not really remotely what it was in the actual um, Baldur's Gate <laughs> set, um, which is, uh, I mean, like, I think they share the you take something of your opponents, but uh, I think that was, I don't really remember what the other card did, but something about not creatures. Anyway, it's... Uh, I, I, for so, whatever, go. Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say when I saw Tasha was a planeswalker, I was sure that it would mill or like exile their library because mm-hmm. her hideous laugh, like Tasha's hideous laughter, is the the mill card. So I was like, oh, we have a, a planeswalker for the mill deck now. That's awesome. That was just not. It it doesn't even work with Tasha's hideous laughter because it animates from their graveyard and mm-hmm. Tasha's hideous laughter <laughs> exiles. So uh, I just thought it was like, oh, you you really made me think you were going in one direction based on the card you put in the set like a year ago. Yeah. Uh, And this just was like completely unrelated to Tasha's hideous laughter. Yeah. Yeah, it's... (laughs) Yeah, because it's it's kind of the thing, you know, when... Like having effects where you, you make their creature smaller or slowly kill them if they attack you, that is something that you want in build deck, but like... Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's like this card actually works like in like opposite with Mill, right? 
Like, the more of your cards I mill, the worse a creature I'm probably going to get from the minus two, because you have more options. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Luckily, it doesn't... Um, yeah, luckily it doesn't uh, perpetually hurt their creatures. But um, anyway, uh, interesting. Interesting. Card. Very, <laughs> yeah, that would be some rough design. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so they perpetually get minus one, minus one, but when they die, you can bring them back, but then they die immediately. I'm just going to keep giving you the zero, zero again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it seems. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> I like the art, though. That's that's good. Hey, at least we get, we get some cool. sweet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sweet art. Um, and who knows? Maybe it's a D&D thing. Like, Tasha and Tasha's Sidious Laughter are just unrelated. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what everybody thinks that she does, but it really isn't. <laughs> yeah, she didn't invent that spell. It just got, like, attributed to her at some point. Yeah, it's like her, her mom like, <laughs> it just says that about her because she hates her laugh so much. <laughs> Thinks it's so gross. <laughs> And then then Tasha's pissed. She's like, I want to have nothing to do with that hideous laughter that my mom used to say. Never laughing again. Never, ever again. Um, (laughs) Man. uh, Anyway, let's talk about another card that just seems... uh, This one's not really out there or anything, but it seems just like... It it seems like a weird card to make to me. Um, So Mind Spike is a single black for a sorcery and just says target opponent reveals each non-creature non-line card in their hand you choose a card revealed this way that player discards it and then you lose two life and if they didn't reveal a card you draw a card um so it feels like it's duress but like just better i guess uh, yes you don't get to see the other cards so you don't get full information about their hand but I don't know. There are, there are times when you draw duress at the end of the game and you can't do anything with it, and this at least lets you cycle it. That seems really good to me. Yeah, that that line of text probably makes this worth it. Like, yeah. you don't get to see their hand, and you also you lose two life, which you don't with duress. Mm-hmm. But just like the worst thing about duress is the potential to fail. Um, so, I think probably this just, like, takes the place of duress in black deck sideboards. Because generally the decks you want duress against, you don't care that much about the two life. Yeah. So, anyway, it just seemed interesting to me. Also, just more discard cards. <laughs> we already know Alchemy has a discard <laughs> deck. <laughs> it's, 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 like, one of the best decks uh, let's give them more cards that they could use to discard stuff. More. Um, more. Just more. Because um, obviously this wasn't... <laughs> and let's like lower the downside or risk of playing the discard spell because it'll just cycle if they don't have anything that it hits. <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I just... So do you oh. still lose the two life if, if you cycle it? Um... It's, it does seem like a separate line of text, so I don't think it, it cares if they discard the card. Because it doesn't say if that player discarded that card, you lose two life. Because it says if they didn't reveal a card. Yeah. This way. So I think yeah. you still... So I think even when it whiffs, you lose two life. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's okay. That could be still not great. But I don't know. For the most part, it seems like... I, <laughs> I guess cycling a card and losing two life to draw a card. 
seems pretty good if you're playing it with that uh, that card we were talking about earlier, the, the Rakdos card that you lose life on your turn, and then you just start doming uh-huh. it. Uh, here we go. There Building we go. Building the deck. Building the deck. There okay. we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. And what's that card in alchemy that you draw cards and then everything in your hand makes you lose life? Like oh, it, uh, painful bonds. There we go. There, there we, we go. go. Okay. All right. I see it. Uh, and then so, uh, get some sort of lifelink in there just so you can uh, not die. But okay. I'm... <laughs> I think there's well, a... Well, Shadowheart specializes to lifelink herself if you really need it. That is true. Hmm, okay. Now, with these six-sided cards, though, because the flip sides have different names, the legend rule doesn't apply, right? So then you you play it, you specialize one, you get another copy, you play that, you specialize it into a different one, and then you can have a third one, so you can have a bunch of the same creature, basically, right? I mean, they're, they're slightly different, but they still deal damage at the end. All right, so what you're saying is we're building five-color Shadow Hearts? No, we're building Rakdos that has a bunch of off-color Triumphs. <laughs> That's what it's going to be. Um, oh, of course, yeah, just crap, just random Triumphs. And then we'll just have, yeah. like, four Shadow Hearts in play. They're all triggering an end step. Like, yeah. <laughs> going. Um, yeah, okay, that sounds... Oh, no, but the problem is, how do you get the fifth one? Because you only have four in your deck, so you have to clone one that can't specialize. Oh, that's yeah. a bummer. So you have to... You're going to have to conjure one somehow. Okay, so this is how you get five-color Shadow Heart, okay? So you have four copies of Shadow Heart. You can specialize all of those. You have to turn one of them into one of the copies, and then you have to clone that one and bounce the other... Uh, Oh, it'll die. So it'll die. You have to bring it back to the battlefield and then specialize it again somehow. That, Easy. Easy. That, that sounds like uh, back in call time, Jeff uh, did this awesome thing on his stream where we, uh, <laughs> he, he got all the infinity stones on the crown. So all the runes went on the rune crown thing. Uh, are you going to maybe bring it back? Try to, yes, try to play five, five color five <laughs> shadow heart. That sounds five color shadow hearts. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds pretty interesting. Um, really, you know, um, <laughs> if uh, <laughs> I don't know if anyone follows uh, the one James on Twitter, but you should. Anyway, he always talks about how if uh, just random things in, in arena, like if you do this, Watsy should give you a wild card. If you can have all five different versions of any of these these cards, um, Watsy should give you a wild card, a rare wild card for sure. Um, for absolutely. sure. For sure. I feel like the easiest way is to use one of these, like, conjure a creature from your deck into your hand or something. There's got to be something that does that. It's got to be, you right? get lucky. <clears throat> or this so, is your only creature. <laughs> you have to give this double team somehow, right? So There we go. There we give, go. Yeah, you give it double team, and then you attack, and hopefully it doesn't die. And then you get to play more of them. All right. If you conjure it, yeah, if you conjure it, it, it still has the backside, so you're good. Okay. Um, it's, it doesn't have, like, the clone problem or the, the paper problem where, well, it doesn't, right. the, yeah. the backside of the card's just a piece of whatever, the, what, it's not the same. Oh, man, that's such a bummer when I copied my, uh, my werewolf that draws you a card and it came <laughs> back as, like, the human side, and I was yeah. like, oh, no. 
That's so disappointing. Oh, this is the worst. Yeah. Um, that, uh, that is sad. I've definitely done that many times where I'm like, oh, sick. And then I'll make sure it's night so it'll flip and it doesn't flip. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that sucks. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just, that's great. That's really great. Um, the amount of times where I have a brutal cathar in my hand and I'm like, sick, I'm just going to get rid of their creature and I play it and it turns into the werewolf. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> fuck. No, I just have a three, three first striker. Damn it. And they have a lethal flyer. I lose. Um, yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, uh, Jeff, is there any other card that you want to specifically call out, uh, before we go move on? Uh, yes, I think we really need to talk about Faraday's Fireball. Um, <laughs> actually, you know what? You know, we'll save that for, for next time. <laughs> okay. Like Faraday's Fireball deck. Really? What, what's the most important thing is that <laughs> does Faraday have anything to do with the Fireball? Or is that just something See, that people I'm, say? I'm thinking no now. I'm yeah. thinking this is all BS. Yeah, none of these signature spells are actually related to their their planeswalkers at all um (laughs) all right well uh that's uh, kind of our thoughts on all the previews for for alchemy um horizons for the time being there's still some cards coming out so of course we didn't get to everything but we're going to be talking about that a lot uh you know as the set comes out so stay tuned for that let's go into last call all right so of course, we only have one beer this evening, so no beer is really winning. Um, but let's run through our rating system just so everyone remembers what's going on. Um, as always, we rate all of our beers on a scale of bronze to mythic, just like the tiers in Arena. And this has nothing to do with where you are personally in your your tier journey. Uh, everyone kind of gets into a bunch of different tiers at different times. Uh, this is just a fun way to rank beer. With that being said... Bronze beers are trash. They're horrible. You throw them out, you can't finish them, uh, and you uh, try not to puke. (laughs) Silver beers are uninteresting. They don't have much going on. Macro brews will tend to fall into this category. Uh, Gold beers are fine, but you won't really drink them that often. Yep. Platinum beers are pretty good, and you'd drink them again. Diamond beers are exceptional, and you would recommend these to your friends. And Mythic, these are the best of the best. You recommend them not only to your friends incessantly, but also to pretty much anyone and everyone. That is right. All right, Jeff. Um, we got some Partake Pale this evening. What do we think? What do you think? Yes. Start us off, Jeff. What do I think? Um, I don't mind it. But I also, it's hard to say. I don't think I would mistake this for a beer. I don't think it really tastes like a beer that much. <laughs> no. I, so, but I also, it's really difficult because I seem, it does feel like a lot of people will rate non-alcoholic beers on how much they taste like beer. And that's, that tends to be, I guess it's kind of the point of it, right? Um, but mm-hmm. I just think it's impossible and it won't happen stop trying <laughs> you know so yeah. what what you should do really i think is that um just it, it does mean that you need to taste a bunch of different beers and decide which ones you think are the best for the non-alcoholic versions um because there is something you know there's a there is a taste that's like the non-alcoholic beer taste 
I don't know what to call it, but... Yeah. I think they're trying to replicate yeast. They're trying to replicate, Mm -hmm. like, a yeastiness. And it has this, like, you know... It's sort of like when, like, aspartame is to sugar. It's like Mm -hmm. this... Sort of reminds me a little bit, I guess, of yeast, but it really has this other flavor that is really unique to non-alcoholic beers. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wonder if we could figure out what that and is. And I wish they, they would stop putting that stuff in. Like, well, they do. I think it would be so, better without that kind of weird taste. Well, it says there's water, malted barley, hops, and yeast. So there is yeast. It just might be a certain type of yeast they mm-hmm. use, and then they don't let it ferment. They just... Maybe they do a little bit and then they stop really early. Um, I actually, I just don't know how they make this at all. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'd be curious. I wonder if like, that's what I'm tasting is like yeast that just has not just fermented. <laughs> Probably <laughs> just, just dissolved, <laughs> dissolved yeast that doesn't ferment. Yeah. And it's, it's got it. Just, <laughs> it's just like live yeast in there. Yeah. I don't know. Or they kill it somehow or something. They intentionally yeah. kill it. Like all the stuff you do in brewing. When you're brewing a beer, you're like, make sure you don't pitch the yeast too hot or too cold because it'll die and you'll end up with non-alcoholic beer. Yeah, Maybe they I, were like, oh, oh really? So we, <laughs> yeah, I guess you just make it too hot or too cold, either one of those things. Anyway, um, that's what I'm going to say. That's what they did. Uh, they did this. I called them, uh, and they, they that's how they make it. Um, but, <laughs> They're our sponsors, uh, right? So we know. Uh, exactly. We know all about it. They, they sent us a press kit, um, but... Uh, uh, I'm sure they would enjoy us trying to figure it out. Anyway, um, yeah. Uh, though it's drinkable, right? We did drink. We're finishing yeah. our second, so it's not something that's just like so horrible we can't drink it. So, uh, I don't know. Would you recommend this to someone if they wanted a non-alcoholic beer, and you're like, or non-alcoholic drink? Are you racking your brain? Yeah, I think I can yeah. recommend it. I think it's pretty refreshing. It's not bad. I need to try their other ones. Like, yeah. I'm curious about some of the other styles because this is just supposed to mimic a pale ale, which is relatively mild in, in like in terms of some of the other styles I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Like, what's their IPA going to be like? Is is there like a a non-alcoholic stout or something? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I agree. Um, so with that. I don't know. It's like <laughs> I've I have no frame of reference for the non-alcoholic beer world, but I've tried a few other ones that were like awful, and this one is not awful. Like I've That's tried uh, some of the macro brews attempts at non-alcoholic beers, and just been like, why would anyone drink this? This to me, I'm like, I I I, I can understand why people would drink it. Um, yeah, I think like like beyond the I I don't want to drink alcohol part. I get that. Yeah, I'm just yeah, saying, yeah. Like there, the other non-alcoholic beers. I've always thought there was just drink something else. Then drink like a club soda or something. Yeah, um, exactly. But this one, I could see people being a fan of. Yeah, um, I think this specific one. I I'm probably ugh, it's between like silver and gold. Honestly, like <laughs> like. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to give it gold because I've had some that were real bad. Yeah, so I think I, I know I, would, I know that this is not, like, bottom of the barrel. <laughs> yes, so I, I'll agree with you. Uh, it is gold, and if someone is looking for this, I would say, hey, you know, this one's worth trying. So, um, 
Thursday, I'd see if they like it or not. But I think there are ones that are better. Um, and we'll, I guess we'll find them. But uh, yeah. Anyway, if you haven't tried Partake before, if you're thinking about taking a little bit of a break or maybe, hey, you know, sometimes it's like once a, once a week or whatever. It's just nice to just take it easy. Um, try it. It's only 10 calories. This is the commercial, by the way, uh, that we are getting paid for by, <laughs> because they're our sponsor. Um, all right, so some golds for our first non-alcoholic beer. Wow, breaking new ground all over the place, Jeff. Look at us. Um, all right. Yeah, I set, I think it set the bar in the middle. I think I, I'm hoping we can find a better one for our fans here. But uh, I know there are definitely quite a few worse ones out there. Yes, and I want to drink those worst ones as well. Uh, put us, just just, <laughs> get, just scrape it from the bottom of the barrel. It's going to be going to be interesting so stay tuned for our journey into non-alcoholic beer for a little bit um but anyway it is closing time so you can always reach us at arena regulars on twitter and instagram might also find us on mtg arena itself our username is arena regulars podcast oh also i forgot to mention you can find us on tiktok and youtube as well at arena regulars uh so yeah um we also have a discord server we we just started it and it's been so much fun. Uh, please come join us. Uh, you can find the uh, the link to that in our YouTube videos or uh, on Twitter. Uh, come come hang out. Come chat with us. Uh, but anyway, if you want to talk to me personally about uh, which uh, non alcoholic beer we should try next, or you know just anything, you can find me at Zulberg. That is Z E U L B E R G on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. <laughs> but Jeff, where can they find you? Nice. I am on Twitter. It's at BluesBrewsMTG, B-L-U-E-S-B-R-E-W-S-M-T-G. But honestly, the best way to talk with me is on our Discord. So That's true. Sign up for that. Yeah. Jeff does not uh, jump on Twitter very often, <laughs> um, which is probably a good thing because I'm on it far too often. Anyway, um, please leave us a review uh, if you like the show. If you don't like the show, don't leave us a review. Please, God, don't. Um, just, just don't say anything. Um, but anyway, if you, you can leave that on iTunes and Spotify, uh, go to our YouTube channel, check out our, the, the video for, um, if you're listening to us audio only, we have a video as well. And, uh, yeah, check out our Patreon, all the different things, uh, play some alchemy. It's not the worst. <laughs> I guess we'll find out <laughs> even though I complain about it all the time, but anyway, anyway, Jeff, uh, as we're coming into the end. Do you have a nice joke for the sign-off as I put it right on right on you, just the spotlight right on there? Yeah, I got something for it. Mm. Perfect, all right. This has been the Arena Regulars. Reminding you that if you get all five specializations of a creature on the battlefield, wizards will definitely give you a wild card. Just tweet at them, show them the pictures. You heard it here first. I bet it's even a mythic. <laughs> Ooh, very nice. Uh, anyway, good night. <sighs> All right, that's fine.